The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Pacific Life. Protecting generations of families for 150 years, that's the power of Pacific. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, November 15th. In today's news, Senate Republicans add an element of Obamacare repeal to their tax plan. Jeff Sessions says he now remembers communications between the Trump campaign and the Russians, and support for Roy Moore's campaign continues to erode. But first, the big idea, which comes to you today from Green Bay, Wisconsin, where Scott Walker is trying to use the lessons he learned from running for president in 2016 as he kicks off a bid for a third term as governor of Wisconsin. Walker hit political rock bottom back in September of 2015, soon after his presidential campaign flamed out. It was incredibly depressing to be one of the first candidates to drop out of a crowded Republican field that eventually winnowed to Donald Trump. Walker's first foray onto the national stage also took a serious toll on his standing back home. His job approval rating fell to 37%. But after two years of mending fences, he's climbed his way back. His numbers have inched up each of the past four quarters, and his approval rating is now back in the mid to high 40s. Last week, I joined the governor at three events as he launched his campaign. During an interview at a tailgate party across the street from Lambeau Field before the Packers played in Monday Night Football, Walker talked openly about how much extra work he created for himself by running for president. Even some of his friends and sympathetic radio hosts told him that they thought he'd turned his back on the state and moved on. He realized he needed to combat this view, and the idea that he came up with was listening sessions. So as the GOP primaries continued without him from New Hampshire to South Carolina, Walker convened the first of more than 100 listening sessions in all 72 of Wisconsin's counties. He tried to talk as little as possible as he asked people how the state could be better off. Walker ate a bratwurst in a supporter's living room as he reflected on the lessons of his presidential campaign. He lamented that he listened too much to the advice of D.C. consultants. His campaign got too hot too fast and scaled up too quickly. He tried to appeal to every faction of the party and never really picked a lane, which opened him up to criticism for flip-flopping. Now, his bid for re-election is his sixth race in nine years. He jokes that he's ready for whatever's coming. Basically, no one in Wisconsin doesn't already have a strong view of him, love him or hate him. And he accepts that he's a polarizing figure. He says that's the price of governing as an uncompromising conservative in a purple state. As he put it in our interview, I've always felt elections... You know, you, 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 you're able to govern whether you win with 50 plus one or you win with 55 or 60 percent. It doesn't change your ability to govern. Legally, you get to govern no matter right. what. Democrats hope they'll benefit from a combination of Walker fatigue and Trump backlash. The head of the state firefighters union announced this week that he's running. He joins a field with no clear frontrunner that includes the state school superintendent, a Milwaukee businessman, a state representative from Eau Claire, and a former state chairman of the Democratic Party. Walker's decided to throw in his lot with Trump. He praises the president he once ran against because he knows it's essential next year to turn out the GOP base and run up the score big in rural areas where Trump remains popular. He noted that Trump's coalition is very similar to his. But the governor does worry that if Congress doesn't get its act together soon and pass a tax bill by the end of the year, every Republican on the ballot in the midterms will suffer. For now, he's focused on what he can control which is being present and showing people in Wisconsin 
that he has not moved on. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Senate Republicans have decided to include a repeal of Obamacare's individual mandate in their tax plan. That gives them the opportunity to accomplish two major legislative goals in one bill. Repealing the mandate would free up more than $300 billion in government funding over the next decade that Republicans could use to finance their proposed tax cuts. But the repeal would also result in 13 million fewer people having access to health insurance. Senate Republicans also announced that the individual tax cuts in their plan will be temporary and expire at the end of 2025 to comply with the Senate reconciliation rules. But the corporate tax cut would be permanent. It's still unclear how these changes will affect the bill's chance of passing. Number two, Attorney General Jeff Sessions has revised his account of what he knew about the Trump campaign's dealings with the Russians. During sworn testimony Tuesday before the House Judiciary Committee, Sessions said he now remembers campaign advisor George Papadopoulos saying in March of 2016 that he knew people who could arrange a meeting between Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin. Sessions said just last month that he was unaware of any communication between anyone on the campaign and the Russians. Number three, support for Roy Moore's Senate campaign in Alabama continues to erode and not just from establishment Republicans. The latest criticism comes from Fox News' Sean Hannity and Breitbart News' Steve Bannon. Bannon is reportedly considering ditching Moore even after going all in on his primary bid. House Speaker Paul Ryan also called for Moore to step aside on Tuesday, and Sessions, the Attorney General, said at his hearing that he had no reason to doubt the women accusing Moore of having romantic or sexual relationships with them when they were minors. Meanwhile, many Alabama Republicans continue to stand by Moore, or are staying silent on the controversy. Moore himself remains defiant. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, November 15th. You can read much more about what's going on in Alabama, Wisconsin, and Capitol Hill in my newsletter at WashingtonPost.com Daily 202. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.